Welcome to Private Equity Perspectives, a podcast by BDO USA's private equity practice. Each episode, BDO connects with leaders in the private equity space to discuss the latest trends driving deal activity, fund strategies, and portfolio company optimization. Hi, this is Todd Kinney. I'm a director in BDO's private equity practice, and I want to welcome you to another episode of BDO's Perspectives podcast. I'm uh, very excited uh, to, uh, to announce I've got two guests today, two good friends, two good clients of the firm, Bobby Kelly with CIP Capital and Oren Port with Deerpath Capital. We're all sitting in uh, San Diego uh, today for uh, the kickoff of day one of ACG Intergrowth, a lot of investors, bankers, lenders, lawyers here in the middle market, a lot of uh, excitement. And uh, I know you guys have a busy meeting schedule over the next couple of days, so we appreciate your time. So maybe we could kick things off. And, and, and Bobby, I'll throw it to you first. I always like to give our guests uh, an opportunity to tell our listeners a bit about your firm's strategy and investment focus. Great. So uh, CIP Capital is a sector-focused and growth-focused private equity firm. Uh, we play in what we call the business information and tech-enabled services sector. So we're looking to partner uh, with companies that offer uh, a value-added outsourced service, must-have information content, and data-driven insights. Um, we also focus on growth. So we look to partner with companies um, that are platforms that ultimately are looking to scale and dramatically impact their business from uh, a broad range of revenue-enhancing initiatives. It could be expanding your solution offering. Uh, it could be expanding into a new geographic market, whether that's regional to national, national to international, um, and it can be expanding into a new end market. Um, and as far as the size of companies we play in, we're, we're considered a lower middle market investor, so typically looking to partner with companies uh, in the 20 to 100 million of uh, revenue range initially, and then look to dramatically uh, scale that during our partnership. Gotcha. Warren, how about Deerpath? Deerpath Capital is a private equity fund that focuses on senior debt. We're a private uh, debt fund. We look at businesses um, from $10 million of revenue to about $100 million of revenue. We look at ourselves as an alternative lender to a bank. Uh, we've been around for about 10 years, focusing on the cash flow part of lending to lower middle market companies. We're industry agnostic with a primary focus on service companies, asset light, cash flow rich. So we're very active in healthcare technology, consumer, retail, niche manufacturing, distribution. Uh, we started 10 years ago, so we're in our 10th year. Um, and we partner with funded sponsors, independent sponsors, and we do some direct lending to companies. We um, can do small equity co-investment, but our core focus is the senior part of the cap structure, focusing on kind of first lien uh, debt. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, let's jump into it here. I think with uh, Q1 in the rearview mirror, uh, our listeners would, uh, you know, certainly like to uh, get get your sense for for deal activity, how it's looking so far. Or, or is it just as competitive? Valuation still high. Maybe Oren, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, Q1 and through uh, the end of April, deal volume from our perspective has been up considerably. Uh, I, we found the quality a little less stellar than had been uh, in the previous years. Uh, Competitive-wise with other lenders that have come into the market via banks, via other direct lenders, we're seeing more competition than ever. So deal winning has been tougher uh, this year in the first quarter. We've been very active. Like I said, deal flow has, has picked up. We continue to look at other industries that we might not have looked at in the past. We've had some businesses in logistics um, and other, other sectors that have been pretty hot. Uh, healthcare, technology. Um, but I think from our end, we've been pretty excited uh, with the the amount of deals we've seen this year. 
Yeah, we, we have a similar uh, similar vantage point as well. I think our deal flow was up about 10% year over year in the first quarter uh, for 2018. Uh, competition's still there. There's no shortage of, uh, of funds uh, chasing the same deals. And despite us having a sector-focused strategy, we'll run into different competitors on, on every deal we look at. So there's always new funds that we're bumping up against. Um, and then from a valuation perspective, the market's definitely rewarding differentiated growing businesses with premium multiples. And that's probably even, you know, even up from where it was last year. Yeah. yeah, and also we've been seeing um, leverage levels tick up in combination with valuations um, going sky high, as we've seen. So a lot of people, a lot of funds are putting on more leverage than historically they might have put. Um, and we're seeing banks infringe uh, a lot in areas that they might not have done several years ago. Right. So I don't want either of you to kind of give away your secret sauce, but uh, really with such a crowded and competitive market, um, Bobby, maybe we'll start with you. How are your uh, How are you guys finding investment opportunities? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question, and we maintain that the sector focused strategy within business information and tech enabled services. So uh, we're trying to find um, you know we gravitate towards certain business model themes, um, and that enables us to be a lot more efficient in our minds from a sourcing perspective. So uh, if you take a couple themes, we spend a lot of time on whether that's human capital management or data driven marketing services. We spend a lot of time doing deep dives in the market, uh, getting to know industry executives, helping us to get up to speed on on trends and themes so that we ultimately get to sit down with an executive, we, we know that market and we can really differentiate to a CEO and a founder that we can be a value-added partner with them to help them scale their business. Very compelling. Warren? You know, we've been seeing competition increase um, over the, the last couple of years. When we first started about 10 years ago, there weren't a, a lot of independent direct lenders. We've been seeing a lot of capital go into that asset allocation these days. So competition has been, has been tough. Um, but we, we look at ourselves differentiating for uh, other factors than just coupon. Um, we've been in business for 10 years. We're a very flexible lender. We tailor each of our credits to that specific sponsor and to, uh, and to that company. So I think being flexible with credit terms, being able to have timely approval process through our committee has really helped us win deals um, over the last couple of years. And I think that's, uh, that's really been uh, kind of our secret sauce in the market. Good. Good stuff. Uh, maybe Bobby, uh, I'll ask you about BDCs. I, I think recently they, they've been given the green light to increase the leverage from one to two times. I'm just curious if you think this will prove, uh, beneficial to lower middle market companies seeking capital. Yeah, I definitely think this will be, um, you know, provide increased capital into the market. Um, and in this, this market is all about speed and certainty. We, you, t- you hit on the competitive nature of this market. So if a firm has more capital to offer, um, they might be now in a position to be a true one-stop provider uh, for a transaction to a company, whereas otherwise they might have to partner up with one or two people. So um, that increase in their capital base would enable such lender to be a lot more competitive in my mind. And um, that's a unique angle to have in this market where you can come in with, with one capital provider to ultimately show that you can deliver on that speed and certainty aspect uh, to ultimately get something over the finish line. Definitely uh, can, can be a nice differentiator, right? Uh, Oren, how about on the, the SBICs? The, uh, the, limit, the fund limit was uh, recently uh, increased uh, to $175 from, from $150 million, right? What are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on this and the potential impact for the lower middle market? Speaking for Deerpath, we're actually um, investing out of our third SBIC fund. So as far as the platform for the SBIC, it's been a really great uh, source of capital for us to go out, um, raise equity, and have the the debt component from the SBIC to support um, our transactions. I think it's gr- it's a, it's a good um, 
number at this point, and I think you'll see more uh, applications to uh, be an SBIC fund. We've been very happy. I mean, like I said, we're on our third SBIC fund. The process is long and arduous, and we got in right under the last administration, so that worked out well for us. But it's a, it's a great program, great platform, and we look forward to utilizing it uh, in the future going forward. I, I had heard about a pretty substantial backlog in the in the whole application process. Has that worked itself out, or it's still? From what I hear, it's still a backlog. Yeah. Um, even though we were on our third, it still took several uh, months uh, and a lot of hard work from our team uh, to get the pro- the paperwork done and the process right. done. But like I said, it's it's a real nice source of capital uh, for uh, both on the direct lending side and other capital providers to utilize. And uh, once you're in, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good platform. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, maybe I'll throw this one out to, to both of you. Uh, according to uh, PitchBook, uh, an industry uh, resource, uh, debt multiples hit uh, about 5.6 times median uh, in the uh, USP middle market uh, last year. I'm wondering if you guys can kind of provide an overview of leverage trends you're seeing in the lower middle market specifically. Maybe, Bobby, you want to take this first? Yeah, I'd say um, lower middle market, which I'll define as less than $20 million of EBITDA, um, you're definitely seeing more borrower-friendly terms just given the availability of capital in the market. Um, I think compared to maybe the upper end of the middle market, um, you know, it's, it's still uh, below what you're seeing as far as leverage levels, as far as pricing, um, and even covenants or, or lack thereof when you get a little bit bigger. So um, it's definitely more borrower-friendly, but um, you know, not, I think, as quite, as quite as robust as you're seeing a little bit you know, in the step above where we play. Appreciate that, Orrin. Yeah, I would I would second that. I mean, in the lower end of the middle market, as, as Bobby mentioned, you know, we are seeing leverage tick up, but not to the levels where we're seeing in the in the bigger part of the middle market. Um, from our perspective, it's been a, a that's another piece of the competitive market. There are certain firms that will. Uh, provide more leverage. We have our our levels that we're comfortable per deal, so we don't kind of lend in a box. But you have seen uh, other lenders come into the into the market that uh, potentially to win deals, they've increased leverage, um, but definitely not as high as what we're seeing in the broader market at this point. As uh, as certainly as interest rates are are, are rising, uh, debt is becoming more expensive. I guess Bobby, I'll ask you. Um, what is uh, what is your firm doing to to prepare? Maybe especially at the uh, the portfolio level. Yeah, yeah. we um, we look at it across our our entire portfolio. I'd say we, we're typically modest users of of leverage. Um, you know, we typically haven't pushed the envelope historically. We want to make sure we have sustainable uh, cash flows to reinvest in our businesses for growth. Um, that being said, as rates are rising, we need to look every year at our budgets and what that you know what that makes to our to our interest expense levels. Um, I think because of our approach, we feel good about the portfolio company level. Uh, it's definitely impacting how you look at a new deal. Um, you know, take the same leverage level uh, multiple you're putting on before your interest expense is just going to be higher. Uh, LIBOR's not not uh, not not a zero, not not zero like it used to be. So right. uh, def- definitely impacts how uh, how we have to look at the market. Gotcha. On the on the topic of uh, the limitation of interest rate deductibility, um, I guess just curious again with with you, Bobby. Do you think it's going to have an impact on the on lower middle market borrowers? And is or is it too early to tell? I think it, it has to broadly on the market. Um, the new law you're referring to is uh, the interest deduction, interest expense deduction is now limited to thirty percent of EBITDA levels, um, whereas before there was there was no cap. Um, you know, from our fund, we don't use leverage as a, as a primary means of value creation. So, um, you know, it's going to have a limited impact on how we view our deals. Um, but ultimately, over time, it, it has to have an impact on the market. I think people will, uh, you know, not see that tax advantage nature of it, that um, of, of extra leverage that you have before. 
um, ultimately that should lead to to lower leverage levels that at some point should trickle down to the enterprise value side as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we always love to wrap uh, the podcast with the uh, the crystal ball question. So I'm going to throw it to, to Oren first, but maybe give me your thoughts on kind of deal activity through the uh, through the end of 2018 and, and, and maybe beyond as much as you want to go out on a, uh, on a limb. You know, I think activity will continue to, to be um, stronger than it has in past years. Even deals that have not been signed up by sponsors, we're seeing a, a lot of opportunities. And for us, focusing on different sectors, we're seeing a lot of activity in healthcare, technology, uh, mentioned consumer retail. So I think those uh, opportunities are still out there for sponsors to acquire these businesses. I think what we're also seeing is a lot of smaller deals getting done um, as platforms for sponsors. And we're very supportive of those uh, early stage deals because what we like to do is we like to scale along with a uh, with a sponsor to build their portfolio out through additional debt going forward. Um, I think the quality will hopefully improve. <laughs> um, quantity is definitely out there. And just speaking with people today at, at Intergrowth, there's definitely a lot of deals that are out there, a lot that are going to be coming to market. So I think we'll continue to see the increase of deal volume and hopefully the quality will uh, continue to improve as well over the year. So Bobby, do you, do you share Oren's uh, positivity. Uh, I'll let you know after my final <laughs> set of meetings tomorrow at the conference how, uh, how it's going to look. But no, we uh, we expect it to be busy. Um, you know, I think there's you know with the capital out there on the market, it, the ca- that excess capital is driving actionable deal flow. Um, so we're going to see deal flow from both a new platform perspective um, and then a follow on tuck in perspective as well. As Orrin mentioned, we have our strategies to continue to support our companies um, and do multiple multiple follow on deals. Um, so uh, we're going to be busy. I think from every everyone I'm speaking to this week, uh, it sounds like pipelines are, are starting to fill up again. So um, we had a good start to the year and expect it to continue. Good stuff. Good stuff. We had a bunch of meetings earlier today and everyone seems pretty upbeat and, and positive and, and optimistic. So good good to hear more of that. So want to thank you both for, for joining us today. Again, for our listeners, Bobby Kelly with CIP Capital and Oren Port with Deer Path Capital. You guys are both friends of the firm. We appreciate uh, the relationship that we have. Str- strongly encourage our listeners to go out there and look at your websites and get a understanding of what... Uh, CIP and uh, and Deer Path are doing, and uh, hopefully we can drive some traffic your way. And with that, uh, thank you to the listeners, and we look forward to catching up with you next month. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Private Equity Perspectives podcast. For more information on how BDO supports private equity sponsors, funds, and their portfolio companies with a full spectrum of accounting, tax, and advisory services, please visit us at BDO.com. If you enjoyed the show, we hope you visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Join us next time for another edition of Private Equity Perspectives.